Is your family a success? Is there even a measure for family success? We think there is, and with a 20-year track record of success, we're going to show you how to bless your family with success in your health, relationships, and finances. I'm Steve Keen, And I'm Katie Keen, And along with some awesome guests, we are going to give you our secrets to family success. Welcome to Family Success Secrets. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast day. We're so glad to have you. Today, we have with us a friend of ours who we were blessed to meet last year and are just so excited to introduce to you today. His name is Jay Altman, and he is an entrepreneur success coach and just a wonderful person, has a great family and an amazing story. So, Jay, thank you for being here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, guys, both. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Katie. I'm excited to have this conversation. I would love for our audience to get to know you a little bit and for you to tell them some of your story. You got it. All right. So my story begins really back in a very small farm town in Indiana, where at a fairly young age, my parents divorced like so many parents do. And from that time, what happened is when my parents separated. My mom lived in a house. My dad lived in a house. My dad was a farmer, is a farmer. And so my mom was a farmer's wife. When they got divorced, she needed to make an income. So she started a business of her own. She started a hair salon. So she had the skills to cut people's hair and so on. So she opened a hair salon. Unfortunately, what happened is the hair salon caught fire and burned down. And the uh, hair salon was not insured. And so when you borrow money to start a business and it burns to the ground, you have no insurance. So you've already started with less than no money. And then you end up with less than no money. And that started a cascade of some pretty tough years, really, where for over the next eight years, we moved 12 times. We were evicted several times. You just didn't have the money to, to stay wherever we were staying. And so naturally, the, you know, if you don't pay, you can't stay, right? So you keep moving on, moving on. One thing led to another. We moved to another house. And the third house that we moved into, one day we were uh, running late coming back from my aunt's house and we were heading off to a baseball game for us. And my mom said, go in the house, get your baseball glove. We're running late for the game. You got to get in and get your glove. I went in and she said, it's on the couch. I'm like, okay. So I went ran in to get the glove off the couch and the couch is gone. Like my glove's not there. The couch is gone. I run back out and I yelled at my mom, you know, the, the couch is gone. She's like, stop being stupid. You know, like we're running late to the game. We got to get there. And so I'm like, no, no, really like the couch is gone. And so then she came in and not only was the couch gone, but the chairs were gone, our beds were gone, the TVs were gone, the meat out of our freezer was gone, everything was gone. So like no money, less than no money, then all of our things gone, which is part of this cascade that led to the evictions and, you know, I grew up never having a home phone, oftentimes not having electricity. We didn't have a car, you know, food stamps and, and that kind of a route. But what I did have in my family always was love. Love and also my mom always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So as, you know, going along through school, by the time I got to like my middle of my junior year or so, my mom got involved in a multi-level marketing company. And as she got involved in this company, she naturally, you know, did what she was told, which is to solicit your family members and people, you know, friends and so on to be part of the business. Well, you know, I'm, I'm in her family. So she also solicited me like, Hey, do you think you could go around and we were selling water filtration systems? Like, like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, let's do this. But the, the thing that I wanted to tell you about is really, uh, cause this was a pivotal moment in my life. 
is this particular company, as a lot of multi-level marketing companies do, they provide a lot of training and support. And as part of this training and support for this particular company, they hired Tony Robbins to come and speak at a, an event. This is, you know, what, 24, 25 years ago now. So, it's, you know, dating myself a bit, but that's the truth. And so I go, go to this event and he's talking about this concept called modeling. And, and so basically it's like, if you want to be wealthy, just find someone who is wealthy, do something similar to what they did, and then you'll get a similar result. That sounds super easy. Let's do that. And so I started this concept of modeling, which led me to college. And you know, coming from a small farm town, I couldn't imagine really what I wanted to do. I, I knew I had two loves. I had the love of sports. I was always an athlete and I had the love of music. I always loved, I was a, I'm a trained percussionist and I always was in the band and always played drum set and things like this at home, but I didn't know what to do with music when I got to college. I couldn't imagine being a band director, which I thought was pretty much my only route. And, and so I decided to pursue sports, but I wasn't a good enough athlete to be a division one athlete. So I decided to uh, do the next best thing, which was to train. I wanted to figure out how to train athletes, make them bigger, faster, stronger. And so I went and talked to my guidance counselor, asked her what I should do, you know, trying to do this modeling route, this modeling idea, right? Just find someone who's already doing it. And so I asked my guidance counselor, like, how do I do this? Who do I find? She's like, well, unfortunately, there's not a curriculum in the country that teaches someone how to be a strength and conditioning coach. However, I was at Indiana University. However, here at Indiana, we have one of the best strength coaches really in the country. He's also leads up the USA weightlifting team Olympically. And I thought, all right. So I, I went and interviewed him. His name's Frank. I went and interviewed Frank and he gave me this list of things to do. And so I, I went through the list, checked them off. And this led to my very first jobs. So this idea of modeling what Frank did, did what he said to do. And then I went to him. I said, Frank, you know, I've done everything you asked me to do. Is there anything else I can do? I really want to have your job. That's literally my words. I want your job. And he said, well, I can't hire you and I can't let you, you know, work with the athletes, but if you want, you can sit over here on this box and you can watch what we do here. I'm like, okay, I'm in. And so I did, I sat on the box for, you know, three, four months, which ultimately led to my first job as a student strength and conditioning coach at Indiana, which ultimately led to my first job as a strength and conditioning coach at Indiana, which then led me to uh, my first real part of my career, which is being a strength and conditioning coach in Minnesota with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was the strength and conditioning coach with the Minnesota Timberwolves performance team. This led to one of the businessmen who sit down around the bottom of the target center to ask if I would be his private trainer. So I got to see you're you know, the strength coach with the Timberwolves. Would you ever consider being my private trainer? We worked out a deal where I could do that. And one day in about April, as we're coming up to April, as we're recording this here to tax season, he comes in for our training workout and he's all upset. And I'm like, you know, why are you so upset? What's going on? And he tells me, oh, I have to pay this six figure tax bill. And the only thing that comes in my, my mind is like, he's all upset. The only thing I can think about is like, how in the world did you earn so much money that you literally have to pay a six figure tax bill? At this point in my career, I'd never even earned six figures in a year. And so I'm like, I was you know, mystified really. And you know, coming from a small town, making 35, $40,000 a year, you had made it. You could live in a nice house, drive newer cars and you were good. And but when he said this, I asked that question and he tells me he started his career as a radio DJ, then noticed the people driving the nice cars to the radio station were in the sales and marketing department. And so he pivoted his career into sales and marketing, became very good at it. 
ultimately made his way up to be the head of Clear Channel Media, which is one of the largest media companies there is, right? And, and he had earned a, a, a seven-figure bonus by which he had to pay a six-figure tax bill on. So like, oh my gosh, you can really, people really can make this kind of money. So like I thought, okay, I have to pivot to sales and marketing, right? Pivot to sales and marketing. Cause I was really good at what I did. I knew I was really good at what I do. I could get anybody to be bigger, faster, stronger, help them this way and whatever. But I knew that I wasn't the best at telling the world about what it is that I can do. I'm really good at it, but I, most people don't even know who I am. They don't know my name. They don't know what I can do and so on. That was the pivot of my career. Ultimately led to me working with several high-level executives and businessmen. Naturally, I started going to conferences for sales and marketing, started sharing what I was learning once I got back from these conferences. And one, one day, one of the guys said to me, hey, would you ever come and share with my marketing department exactly what you just shared with me? And I said, of course, I would love to. So I you know, got prepared, went in, did a one-hour presentation, and said, thank you. And they handed me a $5,000 check for doing this presentation. And like, there was another light bulb moment in my life. I thought, wow, that was incredible. That was really a lot of fun. I just had a blast. And this pays way better than the other work that I'm doing. And so then, of course, I started telling my other clients, hey, I went and did this at this company. And when I, once I tell them I did it for them, they said, well, if you did it for them, would you do it for us? And I'm like, yes, of course. And so that led me to sharing business knowledge to several businesses. And that was the pivot to my modern day where I'm at today, which is training. So that ultimately, actually, that was working with high level, ultra wealthy clientele. Where I am today is my own story is coming from completely nothing to being able to come to a something. And so I teach businesses how to grow from six figures, scaling to seven figures or eight figures and, and up. And but it, that was the, the path. So that's the, the story of, of me. It's such an inspiring story. And I hope that everybody who's listening caught on to the fact that you didn't do it all at one time. You were just persistent and you were, you kept your eyes open and you were creative and you just kept moving one foot after the next, after the next. Because I think when we're starting these journeys, we see all these people who are so successful. It almost feels like, well, if it's not happening now, then we must, you know, what's wrong. And you were just persistent and you just kept going and kept watching and kept learning and, and it worked, <laughs> which is so encouraging. And it sounded yeah. like you took advantage of every opportunity mm-hmm. that showed itself to you. Yes. You know, all, and to your point, Katie, and, and that is a 20 year story, you know, summed up in five minutes, but it really was, you know, just like a step at a time and kind of paying attention to what's going on and what it is I want, my own evolution continue to study, to continue to learn. Once you learn, then to go out and share. That's been a a major part of the journey. So I also know that you have a wonderful family. And throughout that journey, you've been able to have a family. And so many people deal with having a balance problem and having, you know, strife while they're trying to build a business and raise a family. Can you share about how you've done that? Yeah, I can do my best. There's a lot to it, obviously. You know, now, I mean, just to, to share my family, we have four children. My oldest is a, a 14-year-old. My youngest is two. So we still have quite a spread. So I have 14, 12, eight, and two. Three girls, girl, girl, boy, girl. And I guess what I would say is over the years, I've never, even while I worked with the Timberwolves, largely I was a self-employed type person. You don't necessarily report to anybody, you know, like I am the one that people report to in that position. So my whole life, 
it's always been an entrepreneur journey. And so it's always been figuring out how to navigate with kids, without kids, whatever. I guess what I would say that's been the most helpful for me is to separate out when is work time and when is family time, you know, to make sure that like, not only I'm clear to myself, but I'm also clear to my wife. I'm clear to my children that, you know, from this time to this time, I'm working. And when I'm working, I want to be 100% into my work. I don't want to be like 90% work and still 10% kind of over here. I want to be all in on the work. But when I'm with my family, it's the same idea. I don't want to be like 90% there, but still, you know, maybe responding to an email or a text message or, you know, like, no, that's off limits now. I'm all about you. So now it's time to shut off everything else. And you are the only thing that matters in this moment and, and stay there. Now I say that, and I promise you, I'm definitely not perfect at it, but that's a, a practice that I've tried to make that's been helpful over the years. And we're firm believers that there really is no such thing as perfection. So that's good to hear. You haven't nailed that part either. <laughs> but yes, nope. to have that guideline, you know, that you try a standard that you try to meet is so important and having rules. That's something that we've also been, you know, we've always had to navigate through new seasons of our life because when we hit new challenges with our children, it's easy to just think, medically all the time and let that stress overwhelm us or new jobs with a new military position, for example, you know, allow the newness of that situation to take over. And you're right. You just have to decide and then stick with it. Yeah, that's really is a key. I throw one other piece in there that I think has been important that I didn't do when I was younger, that I all the way practice today, which is in all that, and I hope this doesn't come off as being selfish or sounding selfish because it's really not from that. It's the idea of putting myself first. It's taking time, putting myself into my own schedule to take care of me so that when I do show up for my family or when I do show up for work, I'm good. Like I've eaten well, I've, I'm hydrated, I've exercised, I've meditated or prayed, whatever, you know, I've gotten myself in order so that when I show up, I can show up fully not as some like shell of me, like where I'm physically present, but mentally like checked out, like I'm burnt out. When I was younger, I would say, I just tried to plow through everything. You know, it's kind of like burning the candle on both ends. I wasn't sleeping enough. I wasn't eating real well. I was drinking and drinking too much. I was exercising and exercising too much to compensate for the overeating and the drinking. I was trying to do everything with everybody all the time. And it just doesn't work. It, it, it really doesn't work. And, but what does really work is carving out space in a day where it really is your own time. So kind of separating out, this is my time for me. This is my time for my business. This is my time for my family and getting that clarity on those pieces. Along those same lines, from the opposite perspective, while I was on active duty and what I see a lot of times in, in folks who, who work for the government is that nine to five is something they kind of laugh about when you get to upper to upper levels of leadership. It's it's Friday night, it's Saturday night, it's Sunday. And, and I knew a lot of guys who said their work week started on Sunday afternoon. That's when they started, you know, looking at email and stuff like that. But from a different perspective, as a person who is hired by by wealthy people or wealthy corporations, do they have that expectation of you that you're going to be there? on on Saturday afternoon if they have a question and if so do you do you have to set boundaries and I assume so you have to set boundaries with them to say 
here are my working hours and, you know, I'll get to you as soon as the next one rolls back around, but I'm not going to answer the phone Saturday night. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's a really great question. And to, to, to be honest, it is all the way I set the boundaries. I set, you know, and here's the thing in any relationship, whether it's work, work, significant other to significant other, it's having clarity in the relationship. That's important. You know, that clarity, like, so when I say for one, I don't respond to emails. I, like literally I don't respond to any email. So anybody that emails me does not get responses back because I, I just don't do that. I, re- I communicate one way to all my clients and that is through Facebook messenger. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if they want to talk to me, there's one way to do it. There's not, it's not call Jay. It's not text Jay. It's not email them. It's not reach out to some other. It's, it's one way. Here's how I communicate to you. You need me. This is here. I meet with you from this time to this time. I also do set up where if there's an emergency situation and we need to talk about something, I am there because like, you know, like in my business and serving everybody that I serve, my idea is to be all in on service. I view service as a, um, you know, it's very, it's spiritual in nature. It's all the way my honor, truly all the way my privilege to be able to be in service to the people that trade their money. You know, they, people pay good money for coaching. And in exchange, I, my full intention is to over deliver back on the money that's given and doing it from the place of how can I serve them? How can I serve them better? And serving them better doesn't mean making me more available to them. It means when I am available, be meaningfully available to them where I can really help them go from the place that they're at or the thing that they're dealing with and a meaningful action step that's really going to make a difference to most of the time what I actually do for for businesses when I'm coaching with them is actually taking away like they usually have like an overwhelming amount of things that they're thinking about and when if they run up against a problem they're like all this stuff they're thinking about so my when I first come in I'm just thinking about what's the end outcome that they're after. And so I'll just ask that question. What, what do you want out of this situation? What does it mean for this situation to be resolved in a way that looks amazing to you or that's satisfactory or whatever it is. Right. And so, and then that gives me the clues to like what to, to eliminate. Like we don't have to think about that or that or that or that or that. We just have to focus on this one thing, or maybe there's two things, something like this, but usually it's pretty simple. Once you get clarity on the outcome, get back to answering the question. I do not make myself available around the clock. I never have. And I never will. I, I never, I never have that intention, but I am all the way clear on how to, how to communicate. Okay, cool. So you're a coach to successful people who are in a sense have already sort of made it right. And they're looking to do better or make improvements and that type of stuff. But I didn't catch in there as to whether or not you had any, I'm going to say quote, coach certification kind of credential or anything like that. Now I know that a lot of folks don't care about it, but as, as I've heard one person say it, there is a, a very low bar for entry into the coaching profession, but a, an extraordinarily high bar for success, right? And a lot of people think, well, I'll go and get that coaching certification, but, and it, and it doesn't really do anything for them, but here you are having taken years of, of life experience before professional experience, your growth, you know, the experience you had. And that is that what you apply to? That's to it's a great question. Right? To, to answer the question straight up, I do not have any certifications, nor do I have any intention to get any certifications. My certifications come with my qualification for the results that I get. And so mm-hmm. the way that my business is growing, it's all out of 
the results that I get. And then that person tells another, tells another, if it turns out, if you, if you're very good at getting a result, nobody cares. And I didn't, that's another thing I didn't realize when I was younger, I think I had at one point, maybe, I don't know, 25 or 27 different certifications. If there was a certification for something, I was getting it. I'm like, yes, I'm certified in that, certified in that, and certified in that. You know, like I had all the certifications. I realized like after I get like one client, business client, another, and not like none of them actually never, none, not one time did anybody ask me for my certification. Not once. They only asked me for, you know, when can we start? Because so-and-so says you're really good at what you do. Oh yeah, cool. And and I, I learned at that point that it wasn't, it had nothing to do with my certifications. It had everything to do with how much I actually cared about the people I was working with and, and what kind of result could I actually get them what they wanted. If I could help them get what they want, then they were, they're happy. They were very you know, wealthy people in particular. If they find someone who can get them a result, they will overpay to keep you with them. Like that first client I shared you with, He's still my client today. This is 22 years later. It'll be 22 years, April 1st. So coming up like next week, 22 years later, he's still my client. And some of those same other clients that he referred me to right away, still my same clients. The reason for that is because of the result. I literally have no certifications, any certifications I ever did have. I've let them all go. Not because I don't think there maybe is value in a certification, because I think there is, because especially when when you're coming up, I think there's value in a certification because it can help teach you what to do. It can give you a model through which to think through. And, and there's a lot of value in different certifications. So I, I, don't, I don't want anybody listening to think like, oh, Jay said no certifications. I'm not getting any certifications either. Uh, because I do really, I really honestly think there's a lot of value to a lot of the certifications. What I'm saying is once you've been certified and once at a certain point, as you grow through personal development, and in my case, business development, you really outgrow. So you, you know better than the certification. So they don't serve you unless they are uh, in place for liability reasons only. So that's another reason someone may consider being certified. If you are certified and you can carry liability insurance and then you're good. And that may or may not hold up, but it gives you a better chance. So that generated several questions. But the one that I really want to ask is for a person to come back 21 more years in a row, what is there that a person continues to work on that has that sort of staying power is, I mean, I I'm can jokingly say, do you kind of like plant seeds or like, well, Hey, you know, how about, how about this? Have you ever thought about quantum physics? Let's work on that. <laughs> yeah. It's a great question. And like the, the funny thing is not a lot. The, the very interesting thing, Steve is like over time. So initially it was very much like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing we can work on? What's the, how we go next level and so on. And at a certain point, well, here's one thing I want to offer is that personal development never stops, mm-hmm. never, ever stops to get more wise, never stops to get more, you know, as you grow up, like every single ultra wealthy entrepreneur that I work with, all are very highly developed. And quite frankly, their business skills are higher than mine in most regards. Like they're more accomplished in so many different kinds of ways. Here's the thing that they're always after. They're always after how to sustain it how to keep going and next level for them means different things at different times in their life. Like at certain points, it maybe is focused more on career development. Sometimes it's more focused on their personal development. Like it might be focused on some biohacking ideas. Like how do they stay younger as they're you know, now getting older? How do they stay younger? How do they stay vibrant? How do they stay relevant? 
sometimes we do talk about quantum physics and other ideas like this with their businesses too. Like one thing that never changes when you're uh, ultra wealthy, wealthy or ultra wealthy, you're always looking at where else can I place my money? So my money continues to grow money for me and for my legacy. And it just, it never stops. It never, ever stops. And so what I want to say to anybody, it's not like as you're personally developing or growing your business that all of a sudden you get to a certain place and it's like, oh, you've kind of made it and you're there. There's no there. What you realize is there always moves, especially entrepreneurs. Like as soon as an entrepreneur, kept, this happens even before an entrepreneur gets to where they want to go. So let's say, you know, if we're talking about myself, like if I say I want to get here before I get here, I've already moved this. Mm-hmm. And I approach it and then it already moves and it just keeps moving and it requires more personal development. It requires more business development and business strategy largely stays the same from year to year. But the tactics that fit inside business strategy evolve from year to year. I mean, last year was a crazy year, right? We had COVID happen. And so there was lots of pivoting in terms of tactics, depending on which business it had to really, really pivot for how they are, what tactics they're using to serve their customers or clients. And so I guess the short answer really to that question is development never stops. My development never stops. So like when I was coaching them 21 years ago, I was my 27 year old version of myself. Today I show up, you know, middle forties at this version of myself, but next year I'm not going to be this version of me. I'm going to be the more evolved, better version of me and same with my clients. They're, you know, they're, they're not the version of themselves 21 years ago. They're this new version. And so we're working on the current version, bringing it to that next level. And it just, it just never stops, it never stops. I don't care where you are in business, where you are in personal development. It never, ever stops. I'll say one more thing about this, because this is a very interesting thing. I just want to plant the seed for is when you think about personal development and business development, they really both become spiritual in nature, which means they're of service. So a, a really great person, if you might think about really great people that you know, they're people of service. They help other people, right? They're in service too. If you know really great businesses that have lasted, endured any lengths of time, these businesses really serve and they continue to grow and evolve and they change from year to year. They're in service of both of those. You know, So a lot of times entrepreneurs, especially if they're on a spiritual journey and a business journey, they think that these things are two separate things, which is not the right idea. They're in fact the same thing. And as you personally develop and become more spiritual, more in service, and you bring that into the business, the business is more of service. The more of service one is in their business, the more money they make. You know, I'm working with some businesses that right now are going from six to seven figures. And the thing that I can tell you that's in common with most of them is they're trying to figure out how to get the money. It's the wrong question. They need to figure out how to serve better how to serve deeper, how to serve in a more meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And when, when, they serve, when they figure that out, the money ironically just comes. The, so the focus, when the focus goes to service, the money just comes and it will come in waves that you can't even really imagine. Like it's like pinch me because this doesn't even feel real because now I'm serving at a level I've never served before. And it's real. There's a level beyond that. And the level beyond that is creativity. So the highest thing that we any of us can do spiritually is to use our creative mind tap into infinite wisdom and that's for our personal self and business self you know like steve jobs is an example you know actually everything in our lives is an example but steve jobs is kind of a prominent example because creating the iphone it seemed like well how did you get the idea to like create this phone that you can like touch and poke around and do all these cool things and it's 
it's got a computer that's in your pocket. It has thousands or hundreds of thousands of songs that can be on there. And you can do videos, you can watch TV, you can do your emails, you can talk, you can do all this stuff, right? And like, how did that just come? It's like, like it never existed before. Where did that come from? And it, it comes from uh, creativity. And so things that come out of creativity get compensated for the very, you know, the very, very highest. Elon Musk is the most brilliant example on planet Earth today. He's literally trying to serve humanity at a level that will live, you know, go you know, hundreds of years past when he dies. He's literally trying to create the opportunity for humans to exist in an interplanetary way, right? Like no one's ever done this before, but here he is trying to do it. Meanwhile, on Earth, he has a solar company and he also has Tesla, of course, and he's trying to shape how we all use cars and fossil fuels so that as more and more humans live on the Earth, that we can still live here without utilizing and eating up all the natural resources. So he's using creativity to do interplanetary living or living at least in outer space. You know, all these ideas, digging tunnels under LA. I mean, he's doing things that nobody has ever done. And so you know, maybe you saw that he now is like the highest in the, the wealthiest, I think maybe the wealthiest person on earth, but if not the wealthiest person, person in the US, I know he passed up several just a few months ago. Yeah, I think I saw that today. I was like, hey, look, he did it. <laughs> yes. And and it's not even close to where he will be. Fast forward another decade, he very well will go to you know trillionaire and multi-trillionaire because of what he's, he's using creativity to serve all of humanity. Hopefully people can get the value out of that. Service is where it's at. It was funny when you said that you never get to that point where you say, I'm fully developed or I am completely as successful as I can possibly be because all the way back now, our podcast isn't very old, but when we tie it back to the family success, that's one of the things that we have said is that there is no end point for that, where you can say, now our family has arrived. We're everything that we need to be. And there's no improvement from this point on. I'm seeing from your expression. I think you agree with, with that as well. Could not agree more. Yeah. Yeah, All all the way there, there's no end to it. There's, there literally is no end. Do you have aspects of your, of your businesses that, that involve other members of your family? Of my, my business? Yes, sir. Well, so my wife also is an entrepreneur and uh, going back 15 years ago, she was working for Oracle. So she was a corporate America salesperson. And then she saw like my journey, I was sharing with her this thing and that thing I was doing and and like how I just love working with my clients and they love me back. And, you know, it's all this very good thing. And while she loved working for Oracle, she loved the company, great company, wonderful company. She did not love the work. She was in cubicle land. She did not love the work. She really wanted, she had this dream to be a personal trainer. And she, in fact, was certified as a personal trainer for like four years while doing this, this sales job and never did anything about it. And, and then one, one day I brought her to a conference and she burst into tears and she's like, I have to do this. I'm like, okay. So we put a date on the calendar for one year, one year later, because we had to replace her income and it was a sizable income with good benefits and so on. And we had already chosen a lifestyle. We'd already chosen a certain house to live in and certain cars and certain, you know, like we had certain expenses already that we had to account for that we didn't want to like go away from, by the way, either. So we wanted to maintain that lifestyle, I guess is how I'd say it. So put that date on the counter for one year later. And one year later, we in fact did it. And now she runs a fitness business and she's also a health coach. So we have really three different businesses between us that we run. There's a lot of business, family integration 
you know, lines are blurred for sure. Because like our work is our life and our life is our work. And it's like when I'm working, it doesn't feel like work. I would, I would say that. And then she would say the same. It's really like doing a life's passion. And she's kind of with that same mindset of really being in service to her clients. And she feels all that love coming back to her because she's helping them in meaningful ways, making, you know, whether it's shifting a perspective, her degree is in psychology. She's kind of come full circle from psychology to a business saleswoman, to entrepreneur, fitness trainer, now back. Primarily, she does a lot of what she does in her health coaching business. It's kind of like health coaching slash life coaching. It's using psychology to give people reframes and different ways to think about what they're doing so that they can feel like doing the thing that they say that they want. You know, so for example, if someone wants to like lose weight, they like, but and so they might need to exercise, but they don't feel like exercising. So she'll Coach him like, well, how do you feel like doing that? So she'll coach him up on how to do that. So it's a, a lot of psychology. But those things blend right into our, our family life very much. And I'm sure the kids are catching a bit of it themselves. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. The kids, I mean, like, like the kids see what we do. They hear our calls. They will, they will listen to this podcast. They're on to the ideas. And they're on their own personal development journeys themselves. And we, on a regular basis, have these conversations and they have a coach because it's not always fun to listen to mom and dad as your coach, but <laughs> I don't know if you guys know Caleb Maddox. Caleb Maddox is a wonderful guy and Caleb, Caleb's been uh, coaching with him for, I don't know, three, four years now. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Our kids have watched every video he, that they can find of him on YouTube. He is so That's inspirational. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He is inspirational. He's a, he's a great guy. I was going to say a great kid, but he's no longer a kid. I think he was 15 when we hired him, but I think he's now 19. Or so he maybe he's even snuck up to 20. I'm not hundred percent sure, but he's a really great guy. The kids have been with him personally several times and he is nothing but genuine. I would recommend anybody listening to search up Caleb. And if you want to mentor for your kids or just find those free videos on YouTube and watch them because there's a lot of gold nuggets in there. A lot of value. Yeah. He's just really positive and has such a great perspective and really inspiring. Absolutely. Yes. We have to respect your time, Jay. I could ask a thousand more questions of you, so we'll have to have you back. <laughs> I would love to be back, 100%. Okay, so I, I know when we when we first spoke with you about being on the podcast, we said we always like to end the show with, with something that will help other families who are in the listening audience to gain some amount of success in their own lives. And you had an idea that you wrote down right away. It came, came right away. So would you like to share that idea now with the audience? Yeah. Absolutely. The, the idea that I like to share is really, it's not necessarily a, uh, a system or process, maybe that like you're used to, but it's one that I want to share. And it comes out of a book that I'll, I'll, I'll share. And it's, it's this book called Reinventing Medicine. And the author is Larry Dossie. Now, just a little bit about Larry Dossie. Larry Dossie is he's a medical doctor. He's also a, a Christian man. And he came up with this idea a number of years ago. He lives down in Texas, but he had this idea he knew he somehow intuitively knew that prayer works. And a lot of people know that prayer works, but they just like, I know that it works, but I just can't prove it. So he's like, I'm going to go out and prove that prayer works. And so he's written these books and he doesn't use the word prayer and he doesn't use the word God. He uses the word non-local mind. So regardless of someone's religion, I want anybody to know that the, the technique I'm about to share with you works regardless of your religious belief or non-religious belief or whatever. The idea works and it's been proven with science. And the idea is simply this. So whether you want to call it prayer or something like this is my thoughts, or I'm going to meditate this way, 
but it's to, if I, I'm going to use the word prayer. If you say, I'm going to pray, it's to pray a specific prayer for the specific thing that you want to have happen. And what he did in his books, in, in his studies, is he went to show that when you pray a specific prayer for a specific thing, that that in fact is answered, even if the person being prayed for doesn't know. So for example, if I say a prayer for you guys, and and I pray a specific prayer for you, even if you didn't know that I said the prayer, the prayer works for you. And even if I don't use the word prayer, if I just say, I'm just going to say this about Steve and Katie, that this would work for you. And he proved it in scientific study. And my firstborn was born with coarctation of the aorta. She was born with legs that looked about like the size of my fingers because no blood could get to her lower half. And I, I knew of this uh, research and I wrote up a very specific prayer. My mom is a, a minister and I gave this prayer to my mother and I know she passed it on to who knows how many people, but I know probably hundreds, if not thousands of people. But it was a very specific prayer that prayed specifically about opening up a specific part of the aorta and for the hands of the surgeon that was going to be doing the surgery to re repair it, to be guided. And we, anyways, this long prayer, about a page and a half long, this very specific details about how to do it. And I just wanted to share that every single detail in that prayer did in fact come true. Now, I know this is anecdotal, but this is something that I've used over and over and over for years and years and years, something that I implement with all the people that I work with in their businesses. And if I know that they're not religious or even if they are, I'll just use the words that they use around saying specific things. The big idea really is to, and I think another one of his books is called Be Careful What You Pray For. Uh, but the big idea really is to be specific about what you want. Get really clear about where it is you are in your life. Get very, very clear about what it is you want in your life and ask for that specific thing. So many times I've met with people that are, will use questions, something like this. They'll say, well, why can't my business make seven figures? Why can't my podcast have a gazillion downloads? Why can't I? And so those are the questions. And so they're asking these types of questions, putting them out there. And when you say those types of questions, or you say those kinds of thoughts or those kinds of prayers, why can't I get it, God? You know, something like this. Well, that is going to be answered. And you're going to find all the reasons, all the excuses, all the legit things that come up for why you mm -hmm. can't have it, why you can't do the thing. But when you ask specifically, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do that? Who do I need to meet so that I can have this happen? Who else do I need to meet? What do I need to do today to have the energy that I need so that I can do? When you ask the right questions, you say the right prayers, the right thoughts. That is the system that I want to say is the most meaningful one that can make the most meaningful difference to bring us all forward. That is really cool. Yeah, that ties back to creativity mm -hmm. as well. When you begin to think in terms of how can I do something and your mind begins to think creatively, probably subconsciously to start solving that problem. I imagine those work together. all the way. That is a hundred percent right. You said it perfectly. That's awesome. That cool. is such a useful tool. Thank you, Jay. I, I hope everybody really pays attention. I mean, that's so pivotal. Thank you. Well, you great. are so welcome. Thank you guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are out of time for, for what we're supposed to be putting up. I can't put up a two hour podcast, but we can have you back. Yeah. 
have you back at a later date and, and we can continue so, on. I'd, yeah, I'd really like to ask you more about the health stuff and medical things that, because I know your background in that is one that just fascinates me. So we'll have to have you back to talk about that soon. I'd love to do it. Thank you. Before we go, how can, how can people find you? Three best ways somebody can find me. One is at my website. That's uh, jaltman.com, J-A-Y-A-L-T-M-A-N.com. You can also find me at Instagram at jaltman. And you can also find me on Facebook the same way. And you can also find me on Clubhouse. So I guess really there's four ways because Clubhouse is newer. For those that are on Clubhouse, you can find me at Clubhouse at jaltman as well. Wow, that's cool. We'll have we'll have those in the show notes so that, so that folks can see those written out as well. So very good, sir. We'd like to thank you again for being with us. Jay, it's been lots of fun, very informative. And, you know, I always say we'll go back and we'll listen to this mm-hmm. over and over again as well. And we uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will. Thank you again. Thank you guys very much. That's all the, all the way my pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much for having me. Certainly. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from this podcast, we would be honored if you would share it. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download. Head over to podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com to have a top-rated Family Success Secret sent straight to your inbox. We look forward to spending time with you again next week during our next episode. See you then. Bye, everyone.